How's everyone doing today? Happy Sunday morning to the masses here from Steve's Manor. I am the Azorian One. This is Sunday Coffee with the Azorian One. Got my mug. As you can see. The boys are watching Guardians of, of the Galaxy, the animated series on Disney XD. Enjoying this coffee very much. If you saw on Instagram, you can tell what coffee I was drinking. Mmm. Yeah. That's good. If you haven't, check it out after the show. So as stated, today, you might notice that I have a specific topic. The topic was broadcast on Instagram yesterday. And uh, I'm wearing, as you can see, I'm wearing my my Captain America tank. Mm -hmm. Sporting not only my Iron Man mug, but I'm the, the process and growing out the Tony Stark, I'm getting it, you know, I'm getting it prepped. It's not fully blown Tony Stark goatee yet. I'm getting the angles going, and there will be a break done in between here as we get closer to the premiere of Infinity War. Uh, sadly, I do not have the the blessed Robert Downey Jr. beard where he can make his go all the way out here and even over here. I can't do that. This is the best I can do. This is the greatest angle I've created in the history of me having a goatee. So, this is the best Steve's version of Tony Stark goatee. I'd like to point out, though, in the, in the comics, he only had, he only had, he, he did this in the comics. Okay, RDJ added in that whole, mm, okay, RDJ added in this thing. Okay, in the comic books, Tony Stark only has, he, he's got this going on. Then RDJ comes along and shows how great he is and puts in, this part, which is pretty awesome. I can't do it, so you're going to get the best I can as I get closer. Waffle, I mean, I've, as we get closer, there will be the cut in between the goatee area there as April 27th approaches us. Anyway, I'm enjoying my Eggo waffles with syrup and uh, natural crunchy peanut butter in between because protein. Right there. Stop. As I said, drinking out of the Iron Man mug, wearing my Captain America tank, because today's episode I titled Cap's Burden. This little discussion we had on the old Crusader thread that I brought up about realizing how long Steve Rogers kept this specific burden a secret weighing on his shoulders through about two and a half films. Um, after watching this, when you haven't watched much of the MCU, in fact, if you haven't seen either Winter Soldier, if you haven't seen Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, or Civil War, you probably shouldn't watch this show right now because I'm going to do a lot of spoiling. Spoiling regarding a, a specific angle. If you don't care, fine. If you have seen them, stay tuned. But, um, we, I asked and answered my own question in the thread about when did Cap know the secret about Tony's parents? And literally right after I sent the text, I answered my own question. Um, those of you who've seen Winter Soldier, at the end, they're at the gravesite of, of one Nick Fury, his fake gravesite, and Nick leaves 
and Romanoff uh, hands Cap files on Bucky that he'd asked for. Files that have just become released ever since the ever since they brought down Shield, therefore Hydra. And she had said something along the lines of, "Be careful, be careful about this, Cap." You don't know where this might lead to. I'm paraphrasing. It's not the exact line she said, but that's what she was getting to. He doesn't know how deep this rabbit hole, go, rabbit hole goes. And he starts looking through the file. It's my belief, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, in case anyone wants to correct me or not, that in that very file, not at that moment, but as Cat continues reading throughout the file, he pieces together that Bucky, under his Hydra brainwash, is responsible for the deaths of Howard and Maria Stark, Tony's parents. Again, we all we all know Hydra brainwashed Bucky, and that's why Bucky did it. So, while we understand that, there's still this fact that Cap's best friend, from way back in the day, is responsible for the murders of Cap's current ally, Tony Stark. That's heavy. So he knows that at the end of Winter Soldier. He knows it. It's sunk in. Manderson, don't worry. If you're late, don't worry about it. I, I only was discussing my goatee, how it's almost Starkish. Not quite there yet. So we know at the end of Winter Soldier, Cap is aware of this atrocity. Indiana. Jackson Dr. Banner. Yeah, it's still fine. Daddy clean there, it's fine. Um, never let, huh? I know. Indy, lay down. So, thank you. Thank you for saying that looks great. Thanks, Manager. Um, so, we go into Age of Ultron. Cap has this file on Bucky. He knows full well that Bucky murdered Howard and Maria Stark. So when you watch that, now watch Age of Ultron, knowing that Cap knows, and just imagine everything they're going through, through that movie, the creation of Ultron, them fighting Ultron, this entire time that Cap is with Tony, he's keeping this secret from him. He hears Tony talk about protecting and this the armor suit around the world and how Tony is driven by this protect by this protecting people and keeping people safe, which could be partially driven by what happened to his parents. Um, <laughs> your, your Portuguese ness is just fine, Manchin. Those of you watching this on YouTube, there's a chat room in Twitch. So he he's he knows what drives Tony, and I'm I'm sure that there's moments where Cap wants to tell him. But can't because we all know that Cap is this—he's the moral standard. He's—he's he's what you strive to be. He is the pinnacle of what an American should be. And he is forced to keep this secret because he knows how it will affect Tony. Not only that, it's his parents' death, but it's at the murder—it's a murder at the hands of of Cap's best friend, of the guy who protected Cap growing up. Oh, Sway in the chat room. What's up, bro? Um, Waffle. Mm. And it's such a great switch, too, because... 
Tony is known for playing things close to the chest. No, no. Okay. He's known for keeping things close to the chest. Keeps his secrets. Now it's something that's being flipped around on Tony. He's not even aware of it. And it's got to be killing him this whole time. And even when I say go back and watch Age of Ultron, and after they've won, after they've defeated him, that moment at the end, after they've joked around with Thor about, you know, if the hammer goes up on the elevator, it doesn't, make it work, doesn't mean it's worthy. It's a machine. And they have that moment outside of Avenger headquarters. Jackson. It's okay. You could argue that telling Stark is the moral thing. But, as those of you at Manderson asked, couldn't you argue that telling Stark is the moral thing? Is That's a good argument. Uh, you're also arguing that you are keeping the truth away from someone who's close to you. I mean, given that they are stubborn and opinionated and have their stances, Tony and Cap are allies. They're buddies. They fight together. Um, so, hold on one second. And these guys eat fast. Jesus, they had eggs and waffle and banana and they're done, I swear. Need to find food that's hard to chew, safely, hard to chew. Um, so, back to where I was. Um, Cap's always been upfront about things. Cap's always the one who's been upfront about everything. He's the one who's schooling Nick Fury about this isn't freedom, this is you know, about all the, the weapons they have and everything. So it's a, it, it's a test for him. And so we go through Age of Ultron, they have that moment outside of Avengers headquarters where they're talking, and they do have black holes in their stomachs, sorry, yes. Um, they're chatting, and if you watch it again, I mean, this is me looking into it deeper maybe, or maybe the producers and director always had this in the back of their heads. There's that, you know, moment of Tony and Cap outside the Avengers HQ, and they're chatting, talking about what's coming up next, what to do next, I'm going to miss you, Tony, stuff like that. And if you look, it kind of feels like there could be a moment there where Cap wants to say something, but doesn't. And, you know, they smile at each other, say goodbye, and Tony drives off. Romanoff makes the joke about, you know, them staring in each other's eyes, all that. But knowing what we know now, you can see that scene and be like, man, Cap, could he, is he trying? Could he want to say something? Is, is he thinking about saying something, but doesn't think it's the right time? When will the right time be to say something? They go on their ways. And then come the events of Civil War. You know, and then maybe that's like when Cap definitely, definitely can't say something now because Bucky is being uh, prosecuted on the news. He's people going after him. He's being accused of bombing and killing. Cat, uh, Tony is on board with this uh, accord that not only would have them all register, but also eventually they have to bring in Bucky due to the bombing at the UN. Um, so now, now Cap really is dealing with even more of a burden because now this secret that you have 
the guy who you're defending is now being chased by everyone. And now you're, you're running out of ways to protect him. You know he's brainwashed. You know the guy Bucky is. You know who he really is. Okay. Okay, good. And, but no one else who knows what Bucky is like is around anymore. All the guys you worked with in World War II and everything, they're gone. All that's left of that era, or the people that were close to you anyway, is you and Bucky. So there's no one to defend your idea of Bucky Barnes. There's no one there to defend you when you say Bucky and I are buddies, friends for life. They'll hear what you say and believe you, but they haven't experienced it the way you have. So to you, to them, it's just words, what Cap is saying. And Tony... Tony is dealing with his own emotions because he blames himself for the death of that young kid in Makovia. Tony's always been about protecting. Protecting us from the worst things. Protecting us from this inevitable evil that's coming, which, with Infinity War, looks like Tony was right. Haha. Anyway. But he's driven by this. So now that he's signing on to the Accord, something he wouldn't have done back in like Iron Man 1 or Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3, he wouldn't have signed those. The weight of this young guy's life being wasted or taken because of the acts that occurred in Sokovia, which the Avengers were trying to help. But Tony has this guilt on him, so he does something you wouldn't expect Tony to do, and he signs the accord. He becomes a proponent of it. And with what Bucky is being accused of doing, Bucky is now a target on on the Tony Stark meter. So more weight on the Cap's shoulders. Great. Now, not only do I know that my best friend from back in World War II and growing up is responsible, although brainwashed, but responsible for the murder of the Starks, <coughs> their son, who I've been working with for the past year, quite a few years, and have allied with and trusted, is going after him. And I gotta find a way to protect my best friend, but, you know, tr try to deal with, try to deal with my current ally, who's now kind of my enemy, without letting this get out of control and out of my... It's Cap trying to keep control of something that he never wanted to know, in my opinion. He's, he's trying to keep this secret that he would never want to keep had he not been, like you said, Manderson, painting himself into a corner. He is. Painting, Cap is painting himself into a corner in this angle. You can't blame him. And, and that's what I love about Civil War so much is that we all had the, you know, there was all the advertisements of, you know, choose your side, Team Cap or Team Stark, you know, Team Iron Man, Team Cap. I have always said that, you know, yes, 2016 was the year of frenemies. That's true. Uh, both in Marvel and DC. Um, it, the advertising, of course, and the marketing about picking your side was great. I always said that I, you know, in real life, I'd probably side with the Cap, but because Tony Stark is my favorite in the Marvel Universe, Cap is in the top three. Calm down, Cap is in the top three. I sided with him, so nah, 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 nah. But the way that movie projected it, they made you understand the stances of both sides. Even if you were more Cap, even if you were more Tony, 
you still felt for the other guy and understood why they were doing what they were doing. You know, Cap chose to do what he did because he felt the best hands were their own when it came to what they were doing, that they shouldn't become pawns for the government. Because even if this government is good, what if the next administration is not so good and now you got to fight for them and you don't have a choice? Cap's stance is absolutely understandable. You can also see Tony's angle. Tony believes, to use some of the words we're using around today in politics, we need more regulation. We're out of control. We're loose cannons and we try to do good, but bad things happen when we try to do good. Maybe we're the reason more bad things are happening because we don't have this uh, restraint on what we can do. Understandable point of view. It's not a bad guy point of view. It's not an evildoer point of view. Tony's viewpoint is just as valid as Cap's viewpoint. There's no right or wrong answer, in my opinion, with these two. Both these choices have cons to them, which just shows the great writing that can exist in comic book movies. It's fantastic writing. So we've got that angle going, and everyone is stubborn. Everyone has their viewpoint, and everyone is stubborn. Let's admit it. Cap is equally as stubborn as Tony Stark. Different way of thinking, but equally as stubborn. They're opinionated, they're stubborn. Jackson, hey, Jack. Jackson. Calm down. Thank you. <laughs> so, equally as stubborn. Steve and Tony. Different options, different sides, equally as stubborn. Then we throw in that angle that it happens. At the Hydra, at the Zemo hideout. When for this brief moment, we have Cap, Bucky, and Tony on the same side. The three of them together, coming in, looking. We, we've actually kind of got Tony on our side now when it comes to Bucky. He now understands that Bucky didn't do those attacks. He starts to, you know, believe that Bucky was brainwashed. Even causing him intriguing candidate. And if you've seen the movie, you know the movie's about brainwashing. So they're on the same side. Things are great. Then Zemo turns on that TV, that specific date in December of 1991. And Tony says, I know that street. I know that road. And that moment, when we all were in the theater, all the Crusaders, we were in the theater, packed, packed house. And Tony says, I know that road. And we all start to go, mm. I'm pretty sure David Barry was right behind me with his wife. And I'm pretty sure I heard David Barry go, oh, God, no. Where it finally clicked that, you know, we're about to see it. Not only are we about to realize that Bucky's the reason, but we see in gritty detail what brainwashed Bucky did to Howard and Maria Stark. Now, as I take my last bite of Vigo, because this is the big part here. Here's a big part of this. We as the audience, we know that Bucky wasn't in his right state of mind. Brainwashed. Hydra tool at that moment. Doing what he's been demanded to do. Isn't thinking for himself. Yes, Manderson, at least her name wasn't Martha. I actually went to go double check the names. I almost got scared that her name was going to be Martha. So many Marthas in comics. So no, didn't have to worry about Martha being said in this movie. 
Um, <laughs> we know Bucky was brainwashed. We know the state of mind he was in. At that moment, though. Daddy. Huh? Daddy. Okay, hold on. Daddy. Yeah, bud. Okay, wait. You have to wait, okay? You have to wait, okay? At that moment, Tony's not thinking that. Tony's not thinking rationally at that point. There isn't a part in Tony's head right now that's saying, oh, well, you know, I know that's my parents being murdered and killed, but, you know, Bucky wasn't brainwashed. Come here, Bucky, you're okay. <laughs> no. For as much as Tony disagreed with his father, it was still his father. And if anything we learned come Iron Man, Iron Man 2, not here now. Hold on. If there's anything we noticed, and I noticed in Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, was that there was kind of a bond that strengthened between Tony and Howard, even beyond life, even with Howard being dead. That little video at the end of uh, the instruction video that Tony's watching, where he finds out that his father left things for him because he is the future. That moment right there. You know, still take me to school, Dad. Still take me to school after all these years. So he even formed a bond with him after death. So now, you've just watched this maniac with a metal arm not only bash your father in the face repeatedly until he died and then put him back in the car to make it look like it was a car accident that killed him to then walk around to the other side and choke your mother. Choke the life out of your mother. I'm sorry, I don't blame Tony for acting the way he did. I mean, I tend to be someone who's a pretty rational thinker. And if I'm putting myself in Tony Stark's shoes right there, and I'm seeing this happen on video, there's going to be a moment where I'm like, I don't care if you were brainwashed, your hands have my parents' blood. Blank you, Bucky. I'm done with you. I'm done defending you. You probably, don't, you probably didn't kill those people before, but I just saw you kill my parents. I want you dead. I don't care what Cap says. I don't care what Spangled Boy here has to say. Because now he's a Spangled Boy to me. And then that moment where Tony is processing everything. And then he asks Cap, quietly, filled with rage, did you know? Cap now has to reveal that burden that he has had since the end of Winter Soldier, since throughout Age of Ultron, and throughout the entirety of Civil War. He has to look at Tony and then say, I didn't know it was him. Tony fires right back. Says a curse word, he can't stand Twitch. And then says, did you know? Cap admits to it. And right there, we see the whole plan Zemo had fought for. Tony. We see the whole plan that Zemo had wanted take fruition. As former allies Cap and Tony go to battle over Bucky. So, at that point, I fully expected, of course, Cap to win, you know, Cap to be victorious in this movie. But at that point, I'm like, hmm, I don't care what Tony has to do with Cap, but Bucky has to pay somewhat. Sure, he was brainwashed. Whatever, sure. 
Still gotta remember and put yourself in Tony's shoes. Just saw your parents killed by metal arm over here. I'm gonna let some rage out and you know, boom, and the lasers and the. In the end result, I was happy with the way it ended. Cap is victorious, but if you think about it, Tony did get maybe his pound of flesh by blowing Bucky's arm off. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tony got some payback. The best payback he can do in that situation. Fine, if you can't kill Bucky, well, you know what? Say goodbye to your arm. Sure, we know he gets it back later, but hey. Tony needed that right there. Tony needed Bucky to be put in a bit more pain. Um, but yes, yeah, Civil War, we all knew it would be somewhat of an emotional story. If you read the comic books, you knew it was going to be emotional. Not that it would copy the same thing the comic books did, because MCU is on their own timeline. But you knew there'd be an emotional thing to it. And that whole last battle between Cap and Tony and Bucky, you feel for everyone there. And you even, you even throw in how Bucky feels. Bucky is also carrying all this burden he's had. I'll get to your comment in a, in a second here, Fate Club, in one moment. Uh, put what Buck, burden Bucky has had all these years. All the killing he's done, realizing what he's done. Maybe part of him, like, you know, expects to be, you know, attacked by Tony. He's not going to just lay down and let Tony kill him, but maybe he fully expects this reaction. And, you know, it, it seems like, you know, as we see in the, in the uh, end credits, he's in Wakanda. He understands that he needs to be taken care of, but he's not all there right now. Um, huh? I know, I see her. Um, Fake Club, you just commented, what's Tony going to do when he sees Bucky in Infinity War? That's what I'm curious about. Um, while we know that Cap and Tony had their differences in this film, that last scene where Cap sends the envelope, the cell phone, and the note, I view that as... You know, we all know that was Cap. Cap's apologizing. Cap has said, I'm sorry, Tony. Like, Cap now knows that that secret being kept wasn't for the better. That maybe it would have been better if he did tell him earlier. But Cap, as strong and perfect of a soldier as he is, this proves he's still human. He's not perfect. Um, I agree. I do think you have to... We need to have some sort of moment in Infinity War... We can't, I don't think they should just gloss over the fact, oh, Bucky's back, no big deal, killed my parents. No. Um, I'm hoping that maybe, maybe Tony has taken this time to realize. Maybe he's had his moment to breathe while he brings Peter Parker under his wing. Maybe he's had his time to breathe and realize that, hey, as much as it hurts, I know it wasn't Bucky that did it, it was Hydra Bucky that did it. And maybe, maybe, oh yeah, maybe they don't address to the fourth Avengers. Maybe that's possible. Um, but maybe Tony has had time to think about it. And not that when he sees Bucky, he's going to be like, hey man, bros for life. I don't expect that. I do expect an angry Tony who still realizes that he wasn't in his right state of mind. Just keep him away from me for a little bit. Just keep him away from me for a little bit. Um... And I fully believe we're going to see, I want to see one more 
you know, bro team up with Tony and Cap. I, I, I don't want to see these characters go whichever way their fate takes them in the next two Avengers movies. Trying to still prepare myself for the fact that maybe we won't have these two guys ever again in Marvel films, which is tough for me. Because these guys are... As someone who only really became a big Marvel fan when I joined this podcast, I only really knew DC and some X-Men stuff. So I kind of grew as a Marvel fan as I got into this podcast. I'm, st I'm still Batman and Superman. Don't worry about it. But I have a lot more love for Marvel than I did before. Because I didn't know much. All I knew was Iron Man because I saw the movie before being part of this podcast. So as someone who's now has an appreciation and respect for not only Marvel Comics, but what the movie franchise has brought us, I'm not ready to see Captain Tony leave. I know they're going to. I know it's going to happen. I know we're going to, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are going to move on to other things. I'm aware. I don't have to like it, but I'm aware. I'm aware that it's a brilliant decision by Kevin Feige, Feige however, to end certain stories and bring in new Marvel characters. Here's Indy. I know that. I just... Why they gotta die? Huh? Why they gotta die? Why can't they just, like, move to... Move to an island somewhere and chill? Why they, why they gotta die, Kevin? Why is it gonna be death, Kevin? Huh? Why could it be like that? Why you gotta take what Tony and Pepper got and just, you know, just kill them? Huh? Why gotta take the possibility of Steve... Hooking up with Sharon Carter. Just kill him. Just kill him. Yeah, that's it. Just kill him. It hurts a little bit, okay? It hurts. I want to see these heroes happy, not tortured. Daddy. Daddy. Oh, I know. There's going to be a lot of people dying. I know. I, I think Loki's going. Huh? Andy, I know. I think Loki's dead. I think Loki's dying. Who am I excited to see step up in the future of MCU? The ones I don't think are going anywhere are Spider-Man, of course, uh, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther. I, I think those three are set. They're, they're not going anywhere, especially with Black Panther's opening in this first movie. <laughs> You're not going to kill Black Panther. Yes, go ahead. You're not going to kill Black Panther. I'm sorry. Uh, Spider-Man's too young. He just got in here. We're not killing him. Doctor Strange only had one movie. We're not killing him. He's had one movie and a cameo in Thor Ragnarok, which is hilarious. That whole scene. They're going to stick around. I think Loki's going. I think instead of you think of Thor... It's tough, you know? I think Loki's going. Um, I do think Cap is going. Jackson, you take Tommy's? Yes. Yes. Manderson just said in the chat room. Riri Williams. I need a proper introduction of Riri Williams before Tony Stark leaves. That's what I need. Because I want Riri Williams in the MCU. Tommy. It's okay. I want Riri in the MCU. She's a worthy character to be in the MCU. Especially with the age of Peter Parker. To have Peter Parker and Riri Williams in, the, in a movie together would be outstanding. Fade Club, Riri. So... I think I talked about it maybe last week in the episode, but I'll bring it up right now quickly. In the comic books, uh, Tony Stark learns of this uh, young young girl, 16-year-old, who I believe graduated MIT already, or is going to MIT. Yeah, Invincible Iron Man. She, 
she went to MIT. She's a genius, and Tony takes her under his wing. Kind of what he's doing with Spider-Man right now. That's what kind of happens in the comics. Um, she, come on, you want feeling it, really? Oh. I think she'd be great to bring in. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see Riri brought in, and I want to see her brought in by Tony. She, Shuri is, of course, a great character. Now, I do want to see Shuri and Tony in the movie together. That'd be outstanding. Um, but I want to see Riri brought into the MCU. And I need it to be brought in by Tony. I, I want Tony Stark to bring her in and know who she is and have her brought in. Um, I, uh, I wouldn't mind. It'd be nice. I wouldn't mind if they did to Tony what they do to Tony in the comic. Of Invincibles. The whole how he becomes Jarvis. AI Jarvis. I'd be cool with that. It's also a way of keeping Robert Downey Jr. in the MCU, but only working half the time. You know, he won't have to be on set. He could just go in the studio and do his voiceover and facial expressions, and he's done. His scenes are done. It's a way to keep RDJ without needing RDJ as much as you need him right now. Um, so there, there's that, my opinion. I mean, originally my opinion was I would like to see Tony go into the Nick Fury role, where he's now the head guy behind the desk who doesn't go on as many adventures as he used to. Maybe once in a while put on the suit, but not as much often as possible. I go to a marchers. Okay. So, there's that, my opinion there. Uh, I do want to see different types of heroes. Uh... I can't really name them all for you because, again, my Marvel knowledge is not as wide as everyone else on this podcast. My Marvel knowledge is of the people that are currently on screen as we speak. Um, RDJ is irreplaceable. This is true. Um, so, yeah, my, my number one and number two options is that, number one, RDJ just becomes a Nick Fury type and he's not as many adventures as before. Or have him become the Jarvis for Riri Williams' Ironheart. Um... I'm excited for Captain Marvel. I'm excited for that to see what she part she plays with this whole Infinity War aspect. Not in the third movie, but after Infinity War. But uh, yeah, that um, that was my my heavy dosage and discussion about the burden that Steve Rogers had leading up to Civil War. Um, I felt it was well done. I felt it's interesting to see how far back it could go. Um, yeah, exactly. Tony being the Nick Fury role, it keeps him around. He doesn't have to do as much as he used to, but he's still a part of it. Since we've already heard that Chris Evans, I think after Avengers 4 is done, which is sad. Didn't want to see him go, but I get it. I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Wilson become the next cat. That'd be great. That'd be another comic aspect to follow um, sorry, answer a question in the chat room. Uh, but yeah, the, the angle of Cap knowing this secret and keeping it to himself throughout everything they've gone through all the way to the very end of Civil War is what I believe one of the, you know, best hidden uh, emotional, personal angles in the MCU. Um, paints Cap into a corner, like Manderson said. It it brought up the humanity that is inside this super soldier. 
the the possible error in judgment that he made in uh, in keeping the secret, because in the end, it, it did affect both his friends. Ta-da! You know, Ta-da! Indeed. Daddy, um, huh. Good job, buddy. Uh, it did it did affect both his friends. It affected uh, both Bucky and Tony. Now, granted, with that last moment in Civil War, um, maybe we've made amends because of that letter that Cap sends him and gives him the phone and says to call me whenever you need me. And it does show Tony receiving the call from... Um, oh, man. Boy, do I forget his name. Guy who tried to hunt down the Hulk. You know what I'm talking about. If anybody remembers in the chat room, the general, the, the, the general that is behind the whole Sokovia Accords and Tony's kind of working with, he was trying to hunt down Hulk, an Incredible Hulk. I know the actor's name, William Hurt. I can't think of the character's name. IMDb, when you guys get a chance. Usually I am the IMDb. IMDb. There we go, Ross. Thank you. Ross. Daddy. Ah, Terrence Ross. Huh. It's okay. Fade Club, thank you for that. Terrence Ross. When he calls in at the end, Tony does what Ross hates and puts him on hold. So Tony is Tony's aligned with Ross, but not buddy with Ross, not wanting to be with Ross. And that moment when he gets that letter from Cap, and during the letter puts Ross on hold, to me symbolized that hey, Cap and I had a disagreement. Didn't go the way we wanted to, but He's still Cap. I'm still Tony. We're still kind of on the same side. So he puts Ross on hold, finishes reading Steve's letter, and Steve has left him that phone that if you ever need me, you'll know how to reach me. So I have hope that this guy and this guy mesh once again in Infinity War. Even if they do gotta go, even if they do have to go and leave us, I I want one more bromance team up between Rogers and Stark. Even if it's over, even if it's over like a headset, you know, if they're like, cause if they're in different areas of the world or the universe and they have to, even if it's just done through headset, through comm, I'm cool with that. A few lines back and forth, bros for life, Avengers Till We Die, Bad Boys for Life. That's a different movie entirely. Also enjoy that movie. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Because I do enjoy the relationship and alliance between Rogers and Stark. And that's just because they're in my top three. Those of you wondering, um, Tony's my number one. Steve's my number three. Uh, number two is Mr. Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Um, sometimes I feel like flipping, sometimes I flip-flopped with Cap and uh, Daredevil, depending on my mood. Um, but Tony is always my number one. Daddy? Who's yeah. there? That is a Spider-Man villain. Spider-Man? It's not Venom, it's not Goblin, it's not Shocker, it's... Not Doc Ock. It's somebody with Doc Ock tech, but it's not Doc Ock. We'll find out after the commercial. We'll find out. 
Marvel's Spider-Man animated series. No, this is Jackson. Right there. Now you like looking at yourself at the camera. You try to get a picture of this kid. He won't look at the camera. Now. Oh, now he wants to look at the camera. Yeah. Oh, selfie, no problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now you want to look at the camera and smile. Why can't you do this when we take pictures? Why can't you do this when we take pictures? Yes. Anyway. New white orange striped belt and Taekwondo over here. This guy. Future, future shield agent right here. Shield or League of Shadows? We haven't we haven't decided yet. One or the other. He does seem to be more Marvel growing up right now because Daddy has supplied with him with plenty of Marvel toys. Sorry, those of you who are thinking I'm going against my DC roots. I'm letting the kid decide. He likes the Marvels, okay? Um. So that kind of concludes my main topic of the show today. It was my, my one of my heavier episodes to discuss emotions. I'm going to give credit to the two guys in my peanut gallery because they were quieter than usual. Still think, still think the quietest episode they've had was the first episode. This was new. Now they're used to it. Just could walk it up with syrupy hands. Yeah, boy, that's going to be a trouble. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's heavy episode of Cap's Burden. Um, Winter Soldier, of course, is uh, my favorite in the Marvel Universe. Civil War is a great film, but I love Winter Soldier due to the fact that it is both a fantastic comic book film <laughs> and also a thrilling, <laughs> thrilling spy film. <laughs> a thrilling spy film. Um, what are you doing? This is not your show. Get your own show. Get your own Sunday Coffee with Jackson. Um... Okay, that's not okay. okay. I know. Um, Winter Soldier works for me as both a comic. Okay, okay, okay that's enough. Come on, stay right there. Um, works for me both as a comic book film and a spy thriller. So that's uh, why for me it's my number one film. Hey, hey, you gotta wait. Okay, okay. Oh, you okay? I didn't push him. I swear to God. You call anyone, I swear I'll find you. He's back. See, he's fine. Look. See? Um, thrilling spy film. Loved that film. And that's why it's my number one. Uh, Iron Man, the first one, is my number two. I think I have Guardians as number three. No. Black Panther as four. And Avengers as five. That is my top five Marvel films right now as we speak. So, Avengers, Black Panther, Guardians, Iron Man, Captain America, Winter Soldier. There's a random breakdown for you. So, I recommend going back and watching that emotional angle that exists in those movies. I recommend going back and watching Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, and Civil War. Watch those three and watch it with that idea in the back of your head that cap from the end of Winter Soldier all the way through is keeping that secret because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Whether or not it's the right thing to do, you can debate amongst yourself. But you see how it turns out for both of them, for both Tony and Cap and Bucky. So enjoy it. It's a, for a comic book movie, it's quite emotional. It's quite a great angle to play and it's, it shows that comic book movies are more than just fun and action. They can be dramatic, emotional pieces. 
So, on that note, what? say bye to everybody. Say bye. Bye. Good job. Yeah. On behalf of Jackson and Steve's, and Thomas and Steve's, who's off camera right now. Oh, no! The, it's the guy yelling that he wants down. That was Thomas. On behalf of Indiana Kihei Steve's, the boxer. Don't do that. And our cat Cal, who's hiding in a corner somewhere. I am the Azorian when Anthony Steve's. For the Capeless Crusaders, I bid you all a great Sunday. And until next time, challenge your thought process, like Madison said. Until next time, um, uh, yeah, yeah, goodbye word to say? You got something to say? No? All right, well, peace in our time. <laughs>